everybody. This is Jamie Uretsky, and when you hear that music, you know that it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and I don't know how light it is, but I do know it's mostly about baseball. Last time we came to you on episode number 17, we talked a little bit about our golf out in California, out in South Carolina, and that was pretty great. Uh, finish in California better than the finish in South Carolina, but shouts out to my teammates all over the globe. It was fun. I enjoyed it, and uh, I can only get better. Now, with respect to this, episode number 18, we're going to talk about some of the famous number 18s, if there are any, something more famous than Gene Tennis, and uh, we're going to do a little research during the break, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what we're going to be doing today. Today, we're going to be talking about the sterilization of baseball. Yes, it's getting pretty sterile out there. You don't have any collisions at second base. You don't have any barreling over the catcher at home plate. And oh, yeah, I believe in safe baseball. But, you know, uh, there needs to be something, maybe a five-rule visit to the mat, to the home plate for the manager to argue balls and strikes. I think that would be good because the manager ought to get a free pass. The only thing now you can argue is balls and strikes, and according to the rules, you say anything about that, you're gone. Uh, sometimes an intentional pitch at the guy's head, but even that doesn't really get you thrown out, usually, depending on the age of the umpire. The younger umpires are quicker with the thumb. The older guys just kind of roll their eyes like Eric Cooper the other day at Craig Council, who was giving him grief from the beginning to the end of the game on Sunday at Wrigley Field. And uh, Cooper just kind of let him get away with it. They all moaned and groaned at the plate. In the old days, you moan and groan about the balls and strikes, and the umpire doesn't listen to you very long. You're gone. Not in this day and age. So there was an incident in New York where a um, pitcher threw at a batter, it hit him in his hand, and it put him out of the game. He had a little sore hand, nothing permanent, nothing serious. The next day, the person who got hit is complaining that the, the pitcher was thrown towards his head and thrown in areas that shouldn't be thrown in because he has a family. And I'm all fine and good with that. But can you imagine Bob Gibson, early win, Ty Cobb, altering the way they played baseball because of your family? I don't think so. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be a headhunter, but by God, you know, if you want to protect the integrity of this sport, uh, you know, you're going to have to throw inside a little bit, and you might hit some people. Big deal. You know, if you keep it below the shoulders, big deal. Now, on the other hand, if you're just going to say, this is purely entertainment, we go for three and a half hours because we don't care how long the games go. And guys are flipping bats and pounding their heart in their chest and looking up to the heavens and doing all sorts of funky little hand slaps, elbow slaps, you name it. Then they get in the outfield and they dance around after a victory. That's all fine and good, although that never would have happened with Bob Gibson early win or any of those guys back in the 60s, 50s, 40s, you name it. Now you get sort of fashion points for how funky you can be in celebrating. <laughs> and, you know, then somebody like uh, Baumgartner gets mad at Twig because he doesn't like the way he flipped the bat. I mean, are you kidding me? The bat flip is the least offensive in-your-face stuff that goes on at a ballpark. I don't find it entertaining. Of course, I'm looking at uh, one base away from being 70 years old, so maybe I'm not that demographic that they're looking for. But I tell you what, 
the sterility of the game is really hurting the popularity and the attendance continues to go down. Four and a half percent down this year, was five percent down last year. The games go longer. They don't care. What happened to the rule about not getting out of the batter's box? These guys get out of the batter's box now on every pitch. That rule's gone by the wayside. And the five mound visits, what a joke. The catcher just goes out in front of the plate, yells at the pitcher. They take the same amount of time, dilly-dallying around. He flips some signals when their guy's on first and third, and it doesn't matter if it's the Minnesota Turtle on on first base. He's going to call a play like if the guy's going to steal. The guy has no more chance stealing than I do. And I don't think I'll be stealing any bases in the major leagues in the next few years. So anyway... That coupled with the friggin' shift. My God, Rizzo and Hayward drilled hard hit singles between first and second that would boost anybody's batting average, especially theirs. And oh, by the way, uh, the right, the, the shortstop playing in right field makes a 6 3 put out. Give me a break. You need f- simple. Here's three rules that would make the game more entertaining. Number one, Lower the mound four inches. Number two, make every team start every pitch with every batter with four guys on the infield dirt. Boom. Four guys on the infield dirt. If you want to bring the left fielder over to uh, in between, like in softball, uh, have a floater. Okay. You know, I guess that's okay. And the, the, next, the third rule, so you've got lower the mound, do away with the shifts, and the third rule would be to increase the friggin' strike zone. Come on, man. I mean, on Friday, the umpire for the Cubs, and I could go back and look at a box score, he had a generous strike zone. And yeah, there were heads rolling, but I'll tell you what, Yogi Berra and every other major leaguer can hit balls out of the strike zone. So take the outside and inside, and and add a fist on each side. Tell the players, I'm going to have an expanded strike zone, and they'll be swinging. When I went to the game and watched you, Darvish, and I don't know if I'll ever go. I I mean, I I got nothing against you. I mean, the Cubs are paying them a couple hundred million. The guy's afraid to throw the ball. And so you sit there, and all even Baez, man, he's looking out at the ivy in between pitches because he can't take it. He can't watch this, what's going on. So you've got the average is one ball in play every four minutes in Major League Baseball, and that's pretty bad. I mean, that really is bad. Now, with Darvish, I calculated it out, it was one ball every six minutes. Oh, my God. Six minutes without a ball in play between both teams. Oh, my. The next day, the umpire is generous. Boom, boom, boom. The first nine innings are over in two hours and 15 minutes, and the game goes extras. And Jay Hay puts one in the basket in left field at Wrigley. Pretty cool. But even that game, I believe it went 11 innings before the walk-off, was under uh, three hours and 15 minutes, and that's an extra innings. The next day, um, I don't know who was behind the plate. I don't. Th- it was Cedarstrom. You know, it's a veteran umpire squeezing a plate. And you know, when you squeeze the plate with guys like Lester, man. Now, 
Cooper, I think, umpired for Leicester, and that worked out pretty good. John got a few bad calls and would groove them, but worked out pretty good for that guy. So I watched five Cub games, and we'll talk about those after the break. We'll talk about the Power Five, who I think are the best teams right now compared to who I thought would be the best teams coming into the season. I predicted the Cardinals in last place in the Central. They're trying. They're trying to make me look smart. Uh, unfortunately, the Reds are trying harder to make me look dumb. And uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the 59 Sox, the 60th anniversary of the Go-Go White Sox, my favorite team, Aparicio Fox, Klazuski, Jungle Jim Rivera, Jim Landis, Sammy Esposito, backups of Romano to Sherm Lawler, Norm Cash to Klazuski, You had Al Smith, you had Jungle Jim Rivera. What a great team. And we'll look at the 100-year anniversary and what's happened into the 1919 White Sox. So we got some exciting stuff to talk about. And uh, we'll be back after the break. We'll talk about the Power Five. We'll talk about those teams I just mentioned. We'll talk about the Royals. We'll talk about the Brew Crew, the Cubs, the White Sox. We'll talk about the power guys in baseball. And uh, we'll talk about bad starts, good starts. And we'll talk a little bit about Machado and Harper hitting Harper 222, getting booed every day, rumbling around right field, looking like he's 50 years old, not getting 33 million a year. He'll come back and he'll be up there at 280 by the end of the year. But you know what? He's a chump, and Arietta let him have it. And I think with Arietta's leadership, Harper may be salvaged with the Phillies. But when Harper got thrown out of the game, Arietta just lit into him and told him that he needed him in right field. He needed him to bat every, you know, nine at bats and not to be sulking in the dugout because an umpire made a bad call. And Arietta isn't bashful. He got all over uh, Kaplan Kapler last year for the way he was managing. And uh, you know, nobody nobody questions where Arietta's mind is. Nobody questions where his heart is. And uh, you know. Uh, Jorge Soler, one of my favorites with the Royals, hit a home run off of his old teammate, Jake Arrieta. Pretty funny. Jorge off to a pretty good start, 10 homers. Uh, La Stella off to a great start, 10 homers. Uh, that's cool. And I you know, wasn't a big La Stella fan, but still, you get with the Angels and you perform, that's a deal. So, you know, why don't they get some help for Mike Trout? Why did the Diamondbacks get rid of everybody? Why did uh, Miami folks sell out and get rid of everybody and then bring in Jeter, which is a joke? Why can't everybody be the Houston Astros and the Padres with their farm system? we got a lot of good stuff to talk about, and we'll be back in a bit after I catch my breath and uh, go from there. So on the lighter side of baseball, happy to be back home. Jamie Retzke, we will be talking to you soon. And soon it is. We're back on the air with uh, the lighter side of baseball. And after reflecting on what's been going on, we're right about at the end of the second month of baseball. One-third of the season is done, and what do we know? Well, we've got five power teams in both leagues, and I think it's pretty clear that we have five dogs in each league as well, and they're pretty much what we talked about at the beginning of the, the year, even in spring training, the... Power five in the American League. Certainly the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees are beginning to show their strength. 
the surprise team in the American League, probably the Minnesota Twins. You've also got the Tampa Bay Rays. And probably somebody has to win in the American League West. And that somebody is probably the number one team in baseball, the Houston Astros. You know, everybody gives the nod to the American League as being the stronger league, but I think the five power teams in the National League are better than the five power teams in the American League, at least right now. However, the Yankees are doing it with a roster of people you've never heard of uh, waiting for their big boys to get back from the injured list, formerly the disabled list. In the National League, you have the Dodgers that are probably the great best team in the league. You have the Phillies, which are the second best team in the league. You've got the Brewers, that are probably the third best in the league. You've got the Cubs and the Braves. Those round out the top 10 teams in baseball. Now, let's look at the dogs. That's more fun because these are the dogs with doggy owners, doggy payrolls, won't spend the money, and contribute in large part to the status of baseball right now, which is currently incredibly boring. And I hate to say that, but for the most part, it is one ball in play every four minutes equals not the most exciting sporting event in the world. As I said before, there's no takeouts at second. There's no plays at home. The umpires seem to throw anybody out that questions anything, and the managers can't argue or they're gone. But it's more fun to look at the dogs, and there are some really doggy teams. The doggiest of the dogs would be the Florida Marlins. And how anybody paid a billion dollars for that bunch of you-know-what beyond me. But Jeff Loria bamboozled somebody. And that somebody was a group headed by Derek Jeter, who somehow thinks he can be a baseball executive, which is quite amusing. Uh, then you've got the Peter Angelos, I'm the greatest union plaintiff's lawyer in the world, led Baltimore Orioles. They are absolutely, positively as big a joke as their nationally counterpart, Marlins. Last night they blew a beautifully pitched game by Kastner, formerly of the Cubs, and... With a big lead, he left the game, and uh, they lost in the <laughs> they lost in the last inning when uh, the Yankees hit a three-run homer after the catcher turned for a pop-up, looked up, ran to the backstop, and the ball bounced about one foot foul, which gave Sanchez new life, and he deposited that life into the bleachers. In left field. So, I mean, those guys are the top two dogs. But on their heels, David Glass's pathetic team, the Kansas City Royals. Now, as a Royals fan and a Royals season ticket holder, I say, well, you know, Merrifield's pretty exciting, and Raul is pretty exciting. They've got a new kid up, and the rumor is they're going to bring up Bubba. Bubba Starling, 
their number one draft choice of a few years ago who probably should have gone to the University of Nebraska and played football. But uh, Bubba will be up. And, uh, you know, they're a different team without Salvador Perez in there. And uh, hopefully Salve is going to recover from his Tommy John surgery and uh, get back to leading this team to uh, at least more profound mediocrity than they are right now. For right now, they're just pathetic. But with a little effort, they could be mediocre. Then you've got, that's, that's the uh, Marlins, the Orioles, the Royals. The Tigers are pretty pathetic. The uh, teams that have either 20 wins or less include in the dog pound, the Kansas City Royals, the Miami Marlins, the Washington Nationals, the San Francisco Giants, the Colorado Rockies, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, White Sox are close behind at 21, the Mets have 21 wins, I mean, Man, oh man, this is bad baseball, and it's bad ownership uh, for those guys. They have a combination of no money to spend and no talent to spend it on, and nobody in the front office that's talented enough to do that. So in this great age of stat cast, sabermetrics, etc., they not only have created a bigger division between the haves and the have-nots, but again, in this person's opinion, as a very big baseball fan, the product is B-O-R-I-N-G, boring, boring, boring. And for the life of me, I don't see how they're going to make it less boring. The rule changes that they propose next year uh, with the pitching changes, uh, I don't know. I, I I really don't know what they're trying to, to accomplish. As I said before, the three ways that I would make it more exciting is lower the mound four inches. Uh, that's one. I would make it impossible to um, play anybody off the infield dirt if you're an infielder. And I would have the umpires increase the strike zone. Now, last night in the Cub game, the umpire was pretty liberal with uh, at least one part of the strike zone, and that's great, you know. So the players look at you like, oh, my God, I can't believe you called that a strike. But, you know, something's got to move the game to two and a half hours, and they're just, they don't care. They're all making money. The attendance is dropping, but maybe their Game Boy business is good. I don't know. Uh, the overall state of baseball is um, bad. And, and part of the reason is that there's so much money out there. The players don't, there aren't that many players that care. Some do, some don't. You know, you got a few grudges. But, I mean, if anybody really took offense to the game-winning ceremonial crap that goes on or the bat flips or... Um, you name it, um, Gibson would be suspended for years for throwing at people trying to show him up. But these guys, the average salary is a million bucks. They don't care. The 
rookie salary is over five hundred grand, and uh, you know they get more in meal money than I made when I first started practicing law. So it's a weird deal out there. I can't figure it out, but uh, something needs to change. Something needs to change bad. So you know this is the sour half of the podcast because I'm fed up with crummy baseball. Now last night. There was a good game that I watched between the Cubs and the Phillies. Unfortunately, the Phillies prevailed. The Phillies have a great lineup, and a lot of those guys aren't even hitting. But, I mean, you got Hoskins and Harper, and you've got Real Muto, and then a bunch of other guys that are pretty good ballplayers, and so they've got a good team. Um, I'm predicting now, after the first third of the season, that the playoffs will include the Phillies, the Dodgers, so the Phillies in the East, the Dodgers in the West, the Brewers in the Central. I'm still predicting St. Louis will be in last place. That's my hope. And um, the wild cards will be the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. The other in the American League, I think the uh, Yankees are going to win, and the Red Sox and the Rays will be the wild card out of that division. And then in the Central, the Amazing Twins. And then in the West, the Astros. So it'll be fun. It'll be an interesting, interesting times. And uh, you've got the June draft coming up. Woohoo! So the June draft occurs June 3rd. And after that, Kimbrell and Keichel are freed up to sign with teams without the threat of or the reality of compensation. So the rumor is those guys will come off the board quickly. Who's going to get them? Who cares about winning? Well, there again, we can draw, you know, the five good teams and the five bad teams. I can tell you who's not going to go for Kimbrell. It's going to be the the teams that are in the last eight positions in the American and National League. So that rules out Miami, Washington, San Francisco, Colorado, Cincinnati, the Mets, the Padres, the Cardinals, and in the American League, the Orioles, the Royals, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, the White Sox, the Mariners, the Angels, and Oakland. And probably Texas. Wow. You know, whew, that's bad. So, where does that leave us? That leaves us with four more months of baseball. That leaves us with uh, a, a race in the American League East that's exciting. The Red Sox have come back. The Yankees have come back. The Rays, man, they just all need to stay healthy, and I don't think they are going to be able to. But let's look at the current leaders because there's a few surprises. The home run leaders, Yelich has 19 after a third of the season, so he's close to uh, Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, and the other imposters. Uh, Bellinger has 17, Springer 17, Alonzo, 15, Reyes, Bell, Bregman, Gallo, Peterson. Those guys are all kind of bringing up the rear. The leading hitter is Bellinger, followed by Cabrera, Polanco, Bell from Pittsburgh, who's having a great, great year. He certainly had a great month. McNeil, Reddick, Anderson's having a great year. Brantley's having a great year. Smart. Boy, the Astros make great deals, don't they? I mean, they do not rest on their laurels. The Dodgers do not rest on their laurels. 
you know, I can't say the same for the Cubs and the Brewers, but the Brewers should be have been out on the market, and they should have gotten better talent in the offseason. Now, my all-important runs scored. Who scored the most runs? Hmm, three guesses, Bellinger. Who's second? Two guesses, Springer. Who's third? Mookie. Who's fourth? Hanniger with the Mariners. Yelich with the Brewers has 40, and that's the top 40. Now, let's go to the pitching, and let's go to my favorite stat, which would be whip. And who is leading with the whip but the Los Angeles Dodgers starting pitcher, Rayu. He's below one. Paddock having a great rookie year for the Padres. I love the Padres. A shout-out to the Padres. Uh, Machado and Harper we'll get to in a minute. Verlander below eight. Grinky below nine. Glass now. There's a surprise. Great having Grinky got a little hurt. Um, below one. Chirinos with the Rays below one. Smith with the Marlins below one. German below one. Castilla with the Reds having a great year in Strasbourg, who absolutely destroyed the Cubs. There they are. Those are the whip guys that are leading. And let's look at the wins. Leading with eight wins. German with the Yankees, followed by Verlander, Berrios, Fried, who fried the Cubs. That was one of our funnier podcasts. Glass now, Granky, Odorizzi, Perez, Rayu, and uh, so on and so forth. So that's a cool stat. Uh, who's leading in strikeouts? Man, Garrett Cole, Scherzer, Sale, Strasburg, Verlander, Castilla, Corbin, big names, big guys, really good. Now let's look at the team stats in some of those. The Astros lead with 32 wins, the Dodgers 31, the Twins 31, the Yankees 29, the Brewers, the Phillies. They're my top five teams. Actually, those are six teams. That's pretty cool. Then, who has the uh, best whip? Uh, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Rays. Somehow the Indians zip in there. The Reds, What a how that? That's an anomaly. The Padres, the Yankees, the Red Sox. So... Interesting. What team has uh, scored the most runs? The Mariners, followed by the Twins, followed by the Rangers, followed by the Astros, followed by the Red Sox. Who has the biggest run differential? That would be none other than the Houston Astros. Their run differential is, I think I looked, it was just below 100. Um, Yes, plus 95. The Twins, plus 76. The Yankees, plus 51. The Dodgers, plus 65. Phillies, plus 31. And the Cubs at 58. So, there you have it. The series going on between the Cubs and the Phillies is going to be interesting. The Phillies took the opener. They play tonight at 6.05 on national TV. That'll be interesting to, interesting to follow. And uh, so will the games Wednesday and Thursday. I'm going to head out to Wrigley Field on Wednesday night. It's supposed to be, actually, 70 degrees and sunny. I was there a week ago. It was 40 degrees, raining, wind blowing in from the lake. 
and uh, whew, made for a nasty Mother's Day and my birthday. But be that as it may, we're kind of in the middle of the year. There's not much going on in terms of anything exciting. Um, and so there you have it. If, you know, you watch the uh, quick pitch, plays of the week, plays of the day. Yeah, there's some nice plays out there. Run saved, sabermetrics, da-da-da-da-da. But boy, the Major League Baseball needs to do something to get the interest up. And I, I guess they're going to turn to in-stadium gambling to make it more interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, they've had the bounce for fantasy baseball. And uh, now they're going to go to uh, see what we can do for gambling. The food review, um, before we get to the final segment, which would be Machado versus Harper, the food review at Wrigley shoot, started off uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, my first reaction after game one was a 3. Now it's a 2. Sox Park, man, I was hoping that Delaware North slash my favorite concessionaires uh, would be good, but that's not so good. Royal Stadium, uh, you know, God, what did I have out there? I had a, um, I guess it was a cheesesteak, and uh, that wasn't bad, actually. It was pretty good. So I, I'd say in the food race, uh, out of, I've been to four ballparks for four games, I've been to Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago, and Kansas City. I would say the uh, Royals right now are in first place of those four teams, followed by the whew, White Sox, followed by the Brewers, followed by the Cubs. Now, let's tune, finally, to Machado versus Harper. Harper, who came to Chicago last night um, after having a good Sunday with a couple home runs, uh, was 0 for 3 with a walk, and that took his batting average to 229 with an OPS of 0.832. Machado last night in a victory went 1 for 3 and got his average up to 263 with an OPS of 0.794. So, are those boys worth $300 million? No way. Who has a better OPS than those guys? Well, let's look. The top 20 in OPS does not feature Harper. It does not feature Machado. Bellinger is way out in front, actually followed closely by Yelich, and then Bell, Joey Gallo, Vogelbach, another ex-Cub, Contreras, Springer, Trout, Polanco, Freeman, Dozier, DeJong, Tommy Lestelic, another cast-off by the Cubs. That was a good move, as was getting rid of Arietta. The dude came in throwing a Jake Arietta game last night. In your face, Theo. You know, that, that reminds me to get back on Theo because, come on, man. I mean, you get... Darvish, Chatwood, and Morrow, and those three guys absolutely stink. Now, in fairness to Darvish, he did throw a little better last night. Actually pitched a good game, should have won. 
And in fairness to Chatwood, he's starting to work it out of the bullpen. And then, you know, the Descalcio, the guy that took Listella's place, did somehow drive in three runs with a triple. And, uh, but I mean, phew, Baez, Brantley, Bryant, Cubs ought to be doing better than they are. So, anyway, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little bit miffed at Major League Baseball right now, but I don't think they care. What we are doing is getting ready for the middle two months of the season, and I need to figure out another couple ballparks to go to to respond to my viewing public. Actually, they don't view, they listen. So anyway, that's it. It's been great. Uh, we're going to turn the corner, flip the page, go to June. Got the June draft coming up. And uh, then we've got Kimbrell and Keiko probably coming off the board finally. I'm sure they'll be in midseason form since it is midseason. And uh, holy moly, the lighter side of baseball seems to be featuring uh, the boring side of baseball. So we'll try to pick it up. Maybe maybe this podcast followed along with uh, baseball and became boring. I don't think so. I think it's fun. And uh, I was so pumped up at the beginning of the podcast, and I've talked myself into this major depression over the state of baseball, that I think I'll just wrap it up and uh, follow with a little bit of uh, nostalgia next week. Next week, uh, for my birthday, I did get a 1982 Chicago White Sox yearbook that I'll try to go over in the next segment because it features some of the White Sox greats. That would include Eddie Collins. Did not feature Joe Jackson, although he probably is the best ever to play for the Pale Hose. I got an Omaha Royals 1985 a scorecard, but didn't have any of the players on it. I but I did get a 1988 autographed Omaha Royals baseball. How exciting can that be? I got a Max Patkin autographed baseball, the Clown Prince of Baseball. I bet you didn't know who that was. He was starred in the role of Max Patkin in the movie Major League, one of the great movies of all time, and one of the great baseball movies of all time. Top five baseball movies would be number five, Field of Dreams. Number four, Bill Bull Durham. Number three, It Happens Every Spring. Number two, The Natural. Number one, Major League. Now, yes, the Monty Stratton story didn't work out, but it did for Ronald Reagan, the star of that movie. And uh, there you go with my quick top five of movies. That was right off the cuff. And they say I've lost a little cerebral activity. I don't believe it. So anyway... Not to uh, beat a dead horse, but I think we have beaten a dead horse. We're looking at the second two months coming up. Flip the page, flip the calendar, go to June, and uh, maybe things will get a little more exciting. I miss the second base plays. I miss the home plate collisions. I miss managers arguing. I miss the uh, uh, two hours and 20-minute game. And most of all, I miss the Cubs not having a closer. Are you frigging kidding me out of all the money the the place is empty and they announced 37,000 why because they have 35,000 season tickets they've sold so all that money yes Mr. Ricketts you've done great 
sprucing up Wrigley Field to the tune of a billion bucks. But go get Craig Kimbrell. Come on. Or play Morrow, which apparently he's hurt again. Uh, anyway, the woes of a cup fan. You'd think we'd be happy after we won the World Series, but nah. Same with the Royals. Nah. Build on it like the Astros. Build on it like the Dodgers. Dio, come on, man. How in the world could you give away Jake Airy Friganetta? But so it goes. We've had fun. That's it. Number 19 will be coming up here soon. And for those of you going away for Memorial Day, have a great Memorial Day weekend. For those of you who want to explore the real meaning of Memorial Day, it is to honor those men and women who served in our armed forces throughout the entire existence of our country honorably and died for the services that they rendered to keep you and me free and to allow us to enjoy every day in a free country where you have freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom of expression. And without that, say for the religion, we wouldn't have this show. So, although it's not politically motivated, it is my own free expression. But I will, as a former Marine, give thought to those brave men and women who gave their lives so that we could do what we do and do it in a country like no other country. So for those of you who have uh, listened to all of the podcasts, I sincerely appreciate it, and I look forward to coming back to podcast number 19. So that's it from Overland Park, Kansas, where we've gotten about seven inches of rain. If you follow all these podcasts, my weather reports on Kansas City, the Chamber of Commerce wouldn't like it because the weather sucks. It was cold for months when we started. Now it's like build an arc. Cold, rainy, wet, crummy, not good weather. So be that as it may, the drought is coming. The 95-degree summer is coming, and uh, the wind keeps whistling on the plains. So from Overland Park and their studios at home, this is Jamie Reske on the lighter side of baseball saying, have a great day and enjoy the weekend honoring our fallen heroes. Bye.